listeners and welcome back to another very special episode with a good friend colleague from another one from across the pond uh my man chad how are we doing brother thank you for joining us he is the well founder owner of proform physical therapist absolute weapon of a human uh we met in again another one that we met and connected with in virginia at the coach catalyst summit and i feel like the relationships have just maintained and grown since then um you know it's something we're trying to build and and foster as we come back each time and try and build on those relationships and hang out more and and sort of chat shop but unfortunately the time between means we have to chat over zoom calls but (laughs) we're we're here so we're going to make the most of it how are you doing brother i'm doing great man yeah it's like what seven o'clock my time it's like what 10 o'clock your time at night not in the morning are you guys ahead of us or behind us now you like one day ahead yeah, I've learned the that the hard way See, several right. times now. Future, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said this with the, oh, said this the other day. I was on the podcast and he's like, if you, if the world goes to shit, just let us know so we can prepare. He's like, you got you got 12 hours ahead for us. <laughs> oh, Aram would say that. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, yeah, man, no worries. I'll go, I'll go down swinging, but I'll happily pass on the information for you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah really <laughs> no i'm doing great man i'm doing great i'm happy to be on the podcast it's gonna be cool yeah i'm excited to to uh rip it up with you yeah man it's gonna be fun there's gonna be you know the funny part is like for us the conversation we're gonna be no different than what we had in america um you know between you ali ash aram cav there's always the same sort of conversations and like i just feel like these are the conversations sure. that behind the scenes people don't get enough of like Yes. I'm excited having these now because a lot of the time, like people see, you know, and I'm not even putting myself in the same ballpark, but you know, the conversations I got to have with Kaz, the conversations I've got to have with Ali, with yourself, with Ash, with Aram, even Dr. Ken, like everyone that was over there, people would pay thousands of dollars just to listen to those conversations, like just to, to oh, yeah. hear. Them. But I feel like, like they're the conversations people need to hear more because the guys that are succeeding are not really doing much different than what the, yeah, when we when we talk to people, we're like, look, these are the things you have to do to succeed. And everyone's like, nah, there's a secret. What's the secret? You're like, no, nah, we're, we're having these conversations. We're telling <laughs> you this is what you have to do. Oh, no, nah, there's something else. Not nah, well, here's the conversations. This is literally from the fucking horse's mouth. You couldn't get any more direct. These are the guys I have on the podcast telling you this is the shit you have to do, right? That's right. Absolutely, man. And that, and that conference was top-notch, man. So uh, unbelievable speakers, including yourself. So it was great. I enjoyed all of it for sure. It was good fun yeah. that one. Like, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's sort of set of bucks. And I, I think that was the first one as a general summit, not just a, a, a mastermind. So I'm hoping next yes. year that, that same momentum keeps going. Like we're going to come back swinging over there next year with a lot more time, uh, you know, workshops, masterminds, mentor groups, uh, seminars ourselves. So I'm hoping that that momentum they built from the first one just keeps riding. It's like, it's yeah, like, it's sure. too good the first time around. Like, that's like the bar's too high. As we're saying. It's, like, it's too high. You guys have got to go up from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. It's true. Man, they will, though. I have no doubt. The uh, the the reason for, for, for bringing you on, well, there's a, there's a diversity of reasons for bringing you on. Obviously, you're just a fucking good dude, and we had some great chats over in America. But what you do, how you do it, the way that I see you shaping your realm of the industry, um, you know, it aligns very much in my sense of the business that good enough is not good enough and that you're yes. you're trying to take your realm of the industry better and further and improve it. And, you know, you set a standard that I've listened to so many pieces of your content, so many pieces of the podcast you do um, and the way that you convey your approach to business, coaching, physical therapy, orientating your business and the industry itself. Like you don't accept mediocre performance from yourself. And that resonates with your business, yeah. which is the exact same approach I have for me. So bit of a bit of a background to yourself. Like, you know, I obviously know you guys quite well now. We've built a nice relationship and we can chat shit 24-7. But to the yeah. people that have no idea what Proform in America is and what you guys do and what physical therapy is in the American side of town, give us a bit of a spiel, a bit of a background. 
Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're kind of like the, uh, the unicorn, if you will, in, in the physical therapy realm. And, and I say that because we do a lot of like performance training as well as physical therapy. And then we kind of just like hybrid the two together, you know, um, it ends well. And, and that's why like at the conference that I was just at, those are conferences that I typically go to now. Um, I very rarely go to physical therapy conferences because it just doesn't jive with our model, you know, yep. going to, uh, conferences like fitness coaching conferences. Those are ones that actually have been the most beneficial for our business. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> our niche population of people is, I mean, yeah, we still see post-op patients as well. Yeah. Uh, but being able to combine the two where we can load patients appropriately, because that's just not, it's not really taught well in the, yep. um, in the colleges here uh, in the U S I don't know how, if it's any different over by where you are, but it's, yeah, it's, the that stuff right there is is usually stuff that you get outside of the of the, yeah. the school system and and it, it it all depends on how far you want to take it right but i yeah. feel like if we're not loading our patients and we're not actually applying these principles of strength and conditioning then i yeah. feel like we are doing a disservice to our patients so yes. uh, that is the main reason as to why that we have kind of gone over to this model instead of the traditional model of physical therapy which are just like you know Band, like easy banded exercises like you get a lot of yeah. modalities which you know yeah doesn't really do shit at the end of the day you know yeah. i mean yeah it can calm down symptoms and we can talk about that in depth but uh at the end of the day it's it's really how you load your patients that has the best carryover to how they improve over time you know what i mean yeah yeah so it, it, it's um it's definitely something that that i've noticed here um you know working in the in the coaching realm that i do I have to be very selective in uh, physios, ex-phys, physical therapists that I that I refer out to, because a lot of the time, their realm of education basically stops short of under, understanding anything to do with mechanical tension, progressive overload, beyond rehabilitation, almost to the point of a fear factor. Like, I'll yes. get undermined by the physio where they're kind of stopping my client from doing the things I want them to do, working around the industry, the injury or the niggle or the problem or the corrective procedure. And basically saying like, no, you can't do that until this is, you know, this is corrected. And to me, it's such a regressive model because you're limiting what the person can do based on one, you know, it might be a, a fucking, some sort of a patella tendon issue, or it might be like an ankle injury and you can't do a bench press or a dumbbell press or a lat pull down. Like, <laughs> come on, man, that's, you're, you're fucking up your clients here. It's making me look bad. And basically you're undermining my authority. So now I get to have to be very selective with who I trust to send my clients to because yes. I don't want that model driven into them. But that seems to be kind of like, you know, what's known here. Yes. And, and it's no different here either. I mean, and, and that's the big piece. Like we were talking about the awareness piece. That's the big piece of awareness that I'm trying to push as well as other people where it's like, you know, do your homework and know who, yeah. you know, you're going to go see because, you know, if you've got somebody that, claims that they can get you back to a certain activity or a certain sport, but yet can't show you proper mechanics, like whether it's a hip hinge or a squat or a, you know, yeah. uh, you know, any type of like press, whether it's vertical, horizontal, like, come on, man. Like you, you're, you're pretty much just giving out like this fa false, like false education, like that you can actually yeah. help these people when you can't, you just yeah. can't, you know, and that's the problem. And that, that's so it's like an ego thing because, these PTs here in America think that, you know, just because they have a, a doctorate in physical therapy that they can do everything and you can't. Like yeah. I know trainers in my area that will bar none crush most PTs. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'd rather just send it to them. And honestly, like for us, the referral sources have been great because like you said, you have to just find those people that are a good fit for you and your business. And, you know, you just keep that constant referral system and it only benefits your client or your patient because it's yeah. like, yeah, I trust what they're doing. I have this communication with them. Let's keep it rolling. You know what I mean? Instead of like you said, just sending them to this like random person that's like, yeah, don't do any of that because uh, if it hurts, just don't do it. It's like, that's yeah. the wrong approach, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. which is so yeah. common. <laughs> yeah, it, it fucking is, man. It is. And it's like, especially at the point where like, you know, we're sending them or like, if we manage to find the right persons, we're like, it's where, like, I guess on the coach's side, even in Australia, in Australia, some coaches get scared of referring out. Like they want to sort of extend their scope and think they can do everything because it undermines them if they refer out. But to me, and the way I've always addressed it and always confirmed with my clients is 
if my network has some top tier people in it that I can refer to, that only makes me look better. Like, hey, this guy specializes yes. in his thing and he's got some fucking industry leading guys that he can refer to that have a list of you know their specialities that they've, they've proven the result and they can go, all right, that works. Implement this, give that to your client. Sweet. Now I tell my client that and like, I look better. I look more authoritative. Yes. I look more, uh, yep. I look more, you know, uh, advanced. I look like my network is more professional because I'm not trying to scratch every itch. I'm just basically knowing what I can do and what someone else can do. That's right. And it just, it just reconfirms like our authority and vice versa. It then gives you guys as the specialist, that level of authority and respect as well. Like, Hey, look, we have these coaches who respect us. We've got these results. We're backing it up. And you flip that. Now the coach has someone in his network who's obviously very well educated, knows what they're doing. It's only win-win for everyone. And the client gets a better result. Yes, I agree. And it doesn't make you less credible. I think it makes you more credible. And the more resources that you have, the, the, the more respect that you're going to get from your client or patient. Just, that's just how it is. Like you said, like I would respect somebody more if they told me they, they didn't know how to help me with a certain situation, but guess what? I know who does, you know what I mean? Yeah. With this particular, whatever it is, you know, injury or whatever. So it's like, yeah, you, we kind of have to just leave the ego at the door sometimes and yeah. use our referral sources to our advantage because it only is going to help the patient or the client. Like, like don't, don't try to, I mean, that is the problem though. Unfortunately, it's like, we think we can fix everything, you know, it's a problem, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it needs to change. I agree. Yeah, like just, just being aware, like, like whether you're on the end of being the specialist and the referred out the uh, clinician or whether you're the, the coach itself, being aware of where your scope ends and what you're qualified to do, but also what you're educated to do, what you're proven to do. Like, you know, it's very rare to have a certification in bodybuilding prep, but yeah. I have a lot of fucking results and some top tier stage like performances where I can go, I can get you fucking stage lean and I can get you to a position you've never been in your life and we'll change your life around with this prep. I have that backing, but I also don't have any fucking backing on rehabilitation therapy or fucking, you know, any sort of like corrective right. therapies. So I go, instead of wasting my time with a client saying, Hey, look, we're going to spend some time doing this stuff instead of your programming, go see this guy. And he's in my network. I trust him. I give him, I, I'm giving you my authority that he's someone to trust and we're going to work together yes. to fix you, and you're going to be better off. Like that's, yep. it's really not that complicated. It's not, it's not. Yep. That's very true. I love it. But uh, mate, give us give us a bit of background. Like I, I always love, I love you know they're probably you know, pretty common stories, but I always love especially the the people that have a different perspective. Like you guys, we've already established you guys have a very different perspective or model on how you approach uh, you know PT. Is what led to it? Because to me, like there's always the same you know average story. If you talk to someone who gets into fitness, like I just loved helping people. <laughs> But the ones that I find that are genuinely <laughs> fucking like actually like excelling and they're changing the game and they're making an impact, there's a story there as to why it was beyond just being average. And that's sure. the shit that I like getting into. Yeah, man. And, and I've been into fitness and training since I was like 16. So, I mean, this goes way back. And even when I was in college, I got my, uh, my CSCS and uh, mm -hmm. started training even when I was in college. So I, I've, I've been training for longer than I've been a physical therapist. And I've, it's always been a passion of mine, right? And I've always wanted to integrate it into what I wanted to do, which was like rehab. But it kind of wasn't really a thing, you know, because I've been mm -hmm. practicing for over 15 years now. And back then, it was just like, everything was just so traditional. You know, yeah. the models that we have nowadays have like evolved so much. And there's just so much more awareness now of it, just because um, you know, social media makes it easy to see how yeah. it can be done and that it can be done correctly and that it can be done successfully. So um, it's kind of one of those things that just evolved over time. But I mean, when we first started, we were, we were incorporating it, but not to the level that we're incorporating it now in our business. And what really yeah. changed us, I mean, we, this is like the typical COVID story, but um, right when COVID hit us, we lost about 60% of our caseload. And I had about four PTs at the time, additional mm -hmm. to me. So five total. And I was like, man, I, ca I can't, I can't have them on staff. I just, it's just not feasible with the drop in patient caseload that we've had. And uh, I had to furlough uh, a few of them. And so it was down just to me and my main guy, Nick. And, uh, you know, we were just crushing it and just seeing patients. And like, we finally, like, this was like during the period where we actually built this brand new facility because that was what we were going to transition our model to eventually. 
but it yeah. probably wouldn't happen. It wouldn't have happened as quickly if it wasn't for COVID to kind of give us the bump. Yeah. Um, so at that point in time, we were actually fully in network with insurance. So um, if you're not familiar with how insurance works, like uh, in, in the States, it's basically like you have to agree to their contract, which means you have to agree to their reimbursement rates, which are usually horrible. Uh, so yep. it, it, it's not a, it's not a sustainable model for a one-on-one -on -one type of situation. And that's yep. the main reason why a lot of the traditional PT clinics in the States have to see two, if not three patients at the same time, just to make ends meet, uh, because the reimbursement rate's so bad. So, uh, we were like, Hey, we want to move our model over to more of a performance-based model, but at the same time, we also need to see how we can terminate insurance, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so we did, and we kind of just progressively made that evolution. And then as we were kind of going through the steps, you know, it was basically like, Hey, what do we do? Do we just make the full transition? We were like, yeah, let's just do it. You know? Cause you know, we were seeing the results were even better now that we could spend more time with our patients and clients. You know, we were starting to kind of shift towards this different model of performance-based training, which took more time, which means we needed to have more one-on-one -on -one time with our patients, which we wanted to have eventually at some point anyways. Yep. So it just kind of made us kind of make the move a little bit faster than we would typically make. Uh, but that's been our, our vision ever since, you know, I opened up the doors, you know, and, and when I hired my first guy, that was like my main thing. I was like, this is my vision. This is what I want if you want it to be your vision as well, let's make it happen. And, and eventually it did. It took us about four years to get there. Um, but we've been doing it for about three and a half years, almost four years in the model that we're in. And I won't ever change it ever again. You know, like it's the amount, like, and now we're starting to dive into like a little bit of functional medicine stuff. We're getting into, you know, we do a little nutrition here and there, but a lot of our stuff is like training and rehab, but we have like this system where we can, um, we can start patients like if they came in for say uh, an ACL, you know, repair or something, or if they came in mm -hmm. for just generalized shoulder pain, low back pain, get them to the point where they're feeling good and then transition them over to training so that we can not only kind of keep them progressing, but also kind of keep them in our ecosystem. So yeah. it works like twofold for us, you know, and yeah. it's, uh, it's been, it's been great for everybody. And uh, yeah, it's the model is, I, I can see it shifting more and more now um, mm -hmm. and, and more and more people are starting to want to integrate that model. They just don't know how, you know what I mean? So, and that's, yeah, that's my big push. And that, that's the big piece of awareness that, that I've been working on lately. So it's uh yeah, it's great. I love it. I won't, I won't change it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ever go back to insurance ever. <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. Man, that's that's like that's exciting, but because like you know, it's yes, like like you said, it's a, it's a common COVID story, but I think it's common amongst driven people because there's the other yes. side of the COVID stories you hear, which is nothing but complaining and whining and you know just yes. absolute claptrap. Like, woe is me, the world was hard. Like, yeah, it was. You know, there were states in Australia that were shut for like I think they had 15 weeks of freedom in 18 months. I, I get it. I yes. like it's that's tough. But at the end of the day, you have the decision of, well, how do I react to this tough? Is it, you know, do I have a gun to my head that I have to stop doing what I love or can I find a way to make it work? Can I find a way to, to adapt, to pivot, to manipulate? How can I have this work in my favor to the point that it actually might progress something positive? And to be honest, every single person I've spoke to that has something in relation to COVID that has succeeded made that distinction. And it was basically like, okay, this moment is where we throw in the towel and quit, or, you know, we stick with the model that worked and we might, you know, it might end up meaning we take another two years longer than we originally planned, or we just go fuck it, do the thing we're going to do anyway and see what happens. Because yeah. the worst case is COVID shuts us down regardless. Well, if we're going to get shut down regardless, why not do the thing that is the risk now that could potentially be the thing we want to do anyway, which is exactly by the yes. sounds of what you guys did and said, let's fuck around and exactly. find out. Yep. Yep. And like you said, turning it, turning a negative into a positive, like how can you make the best out of this really shitty situation, you know? And that's what we did. And yeah, I, I think in order to, to make those decisions, in order to make those leaps and bounds, like you have to be at some point, like you have to be a risk taker. You have to take the risk because yeah. without risk, there's no reward, you know? So exactly. it was worth exactly it. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. And, and, and like, you know, like I said, it's, it's the, the most exciting part to me about having these extensions of circles now, like, 
you know, meeting the alleys, meeting you guys, meeting the calves is it's, it's more and more a circle around me of people who are willing to take those risks because like, you yes. know, you get, you get into like, you know, and you'll know, you would have known from starting your business, how many people around you would have told you it was a bad idea. No, that's not the way to go about it. I wouldn't do that in this economy. It's always a terrible economy. It's always a terrible time yeah. to start. It's always a terrible time to do X, Y, Z. And eventually you start getting around more circles. Well, hopefully you evolve enough where you get around these circles where they're all taking fucking risks. So if everyone yes. around you is doing it and they're all in the net positive position, at some point the risk has had to have been worth the, 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 the juice has been worth a squeeze, right? Like that just has to be the case. Otherwise they all wouldn't have done it. And that's one thing I've found is just being amongst this mastermind, being amongst you guys, the, the, the shift in my, my Instagram algorithms, the people I'm talking to, the shit that I see now, a lot more of your content, Ali's content, Cav's content, our content yep. that gets out. It's all about people being progressively positive in shit situations and finding positives out of situations and building shit, actually wanting to make a difference. And it's not just that woe is me, like life fucked me over, so I'm going to screw everyone else. Because that just doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't change anything. That's right. And, and you know, that was a great point. I mean, I, 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 will honest, I, I honestly can say that my circle of friends has changed probably every maybe five years, you know? Yep. Um, and it's, yeah, and it's, it's for the better. You know, some people yep. will look at it and say, you've changed. It's like, well, I fucking hope so. Because that's the <laughs> point. Like, why do you want to stay the same? You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's frustrating in one end, but it's also a compliment in the other, you know? So yeah. I take, I take it that way because yeah, my circle of friends has changed. My circle of my professional circle has changed. Like yes. ever since like working with Ali, ever, like meeting you, all these other people, right? It's like my network is now full of other people that are like you said, driven um, yep. in a different way, you know, yes. like I'm, I'm not driven to work my nine to five and just be cool with that. That's just not yeah. me. You yeah. know, that's, that, that does not give me purpose. That does not fulfill my, my need to like continue to grow, whether it's my business or my, my message. So it's, yep. it's a 24 seven job and that's just what it is, you know? And I enjoy it. If I didn't enjoy yep. it, I wouldn't do it, you know? Yep. So it's, yep. uh, it's, it really is like for people that hear this and for people that are kind of going through that and they have friends that are giving them that type of negative feedback. Those are the friends you need to put on the outside of the circle, not on your inner circle, yep. you know? Because th that is not going to help you. It's not going to move you forward. It's only going to stunt your growth. For yeah. Sure. Like, if, if anything, like one thing I've noticed, yeah, even amongst my athletes and stuff that I see, like when they make that jump or that leap, is that the, the biggest anchor that they have is ironically and infamously their closest friends. The people that they think are their closest friends, the people they think are the the ones that care the most, and I'm I'm sure it comes from a place of care. It's like that protective, sure. like you know, oh, don't take that risk. What if it fucks up? Okay, well, I challenge you. What if it doesn't? I challenge you. What right. if it works out? What if your physical therapy clinic takes off, and now you got fucking ten employees, and you're changing the way the entire industry looks at how therapy can be done? I challenge you to be an Olympic fucking coach when you have no business coaching athletes. I challenge you know whatever that is. Like yes. yeah, sure, it could go wrong. Absolutely. But anything could go wrong. You get hit by a bus tomorrow. Why not fucking right. take that thing that you're passionate about and go, you know, in my in my field of niche, I want to change the world this way and I'm going to do it. And then get the fuck yes. out of my way. Because there is going to be, <laughs> you know, the more I started telling my message, the more conversations I get to have with you guys, the more I get to have, the yes. more alleys I meet, the more calves I meet, the more, yes. you know, merit guys that I meet. All of these conversations where I'm like, I wasn't having these five years ago. But nope. the more that message gets clear and the more you're very precise in it and you're the more that you actually like, this is what I want to do. And whatever field it is, like we're quite different in the way we coach and what we do is very different industries. But the the, sure. the similarity of traits is what I find most interesting because it's cross field. Yes. That same determination, that, that conscientiousness, that task orientation, that drive, it's cross field, cross industry, cross culture where those same traits seem to resonate with successful people. Yes. Agreed. Very much so. I mean, that, that's a nice way, I guess, to tie into the message that I really like of yours um, because you use, well, I, I, like the, I like the quote you use that your physique is your business card mm. in the sense that you, as you said, that discipline, that drive, that consistency, the passion and love for what you do in your, in your business is reflective through how you live your life. And that right. message is quite clear and like, not just the content that you make, but the fact that, 
you know, you have a coach, you work with Ali, you have fucking dug out a great physique. Like I've seen the the progressive change even from August to now. You guys dug and yeah. dug and dug. Like, you know, I went through a cut while I was over there. You were cutting while I was over there. And then you guys yep. pushed it even further. Like you're representing your business in the physical sense. And you wear that as like a badge of honor. That is your business card. You're like, yeah, you know what? I do like the way that I to look the part and I'm going to use that to market myself because there's physical, there's physical therapists who don't, and they're going to try and tell you how to train or move and they can't even get off the couch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of shit for that and I'm, I'm okay with that because, you know, getting shit feedback is feedback nonetheless. So it's, it's attention, <laughs> right? Um, but I still stand by it. I don't change my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just the way that I feel about it. And that's, that mm -hmm. is the reality. Like, we, it, it, as much as we don't want to think that people um, judge us based on the way we look, if you feel that that's not true, you are either very ignorant or very naive because that is the absolute God truth. Mm -hmm. And like, if I'm walking into the gym and I have a shirt on and, you know, I'm representing my business, well, mm -hmm. you better look like the business that you're representing. Like, yeah. I'm, not everybody's going to come up to me and ask me for a business card. But if I can yeah. wear a shirt that demonstrates what I do and how yes. I can help you, well, shit, that's my business card. And that's yep. free fucking marketing, right? Yep. So it's like if, if, if somebody, and I'm not saying everybody has to have the most jacked physique, right? To be as, like, that's like the biggest thing that people get upset about. They're like, well, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I don't have to be jacked. It's like, no, we're not saying that. But you better be practicing what you preach. Yes. Like if you're, if you're training your athletes to be able to do something, you better be yep. doing that shit every day. You know, because yep. if you're not, then you're the biggest hypocrite in the world. Yep. And that's what pisses me off more than anything. And yep. then you have like on the PT side, even worse, man, we're, we are so unhealthy on the PT side. We're so lazy. Yep. It's crazy. You know, yep. yet we're like, oh, I can get you back to playing soccer. I can get you back to playing football. It's like, no, you can't. You don't have the ability to do that because you can't do it yourself. You know, yes. and it's, it's, it's embarrassing as a profession that that's where we've gone. Right. And that's mm -hmm. why I honestly love to hang out with, you know, people like yourself in the fitness industry and in the coaching industry, because like you guys get it, like you guys practice what you preach because you have to, right. Yep. You know, I feel yep. like a lot of these physical therapists, especially in the States, they use their diploma on the wall of a crutch to say that, yeah, well, yep. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. It's like, that doesn't mean shit to me. It really yeah. doesn't mean anything. The letters after your name don't mean anything to me, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, show me what you can actually do, <clears throat> you know? And by doing all of this, it, it's, it's motivated. I know it's, it deters some people, but it's also very motivational for others. And yes. I always think about more about the people that I'm motivating versus the people that, you know, might be hating on me because, you know, yeah. I, have a, I have a fucking bohawk and I have sleeve tattoos and I'm, you know, I have muscles. Okay, yeah. I get it, right? Yeah. Let's sit down and have a conversation and then I'll see if I can change your mind. I'm not a fucking yeah. idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. but that's the, that's, that's the judgment that you get. Right. And, yeah. and people, I used to take it so personally, but I don't take it personally anymore because, you know, I don't know what that person's going through. Not, and honestly, if they're going to spout negative shit, I don't really care, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I won't do is I won't have a fight with somebody who's, who's ignorant like that because it's not yeah. worth my time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really not. So like those people have other issues they need to work out for themselves. And, um, you know, until they get that shit figured out, it, they're just going to keep on just, you know, making themselves feel better about putting other people down. So, yeah. um, that's just, that's just the reality of it. But yeah, I stand by that. I mean, your body is your business card, especially in our industry. And if you're Absolutely. claiming that you're a, a, like a, a prep coach like yourself and you know, you haven't shown some form of credibility of doing that, like, yeah. You looked amazing on stage. It's like, yeah, look at, I've done that. I know what it takes to get here. You know, other than somebody being like, well, I kind of read it. I read it in a research site, but the research says this. It's like research is great. Don't get me wrong. We all need it. Yes. But experience is also very important. You know what I mean? And, you know, not every research article is geared towards that exact person that is standing right in front of your face. Yes. In fact, 99.9% .9 of the time, it's not. Yeah. Because you should study suck. <laughs> right when we get when we get into like like one of my one of my most the biggest pet peeves i have is people really don't understand the weakness of exercise and nutrition science as a research field it is so weak yeah. in its applicability 
in its generability. Like so many people will take like the abstract of a study and, you know, they'll read this, this key note that they found, not realizing that the internal control of this study was ridiculous, you know, controlled lab, yes. controlled environment, 12 weeks straight, food was controlled and paid for, sleep was eight hours away from their family, no stress, they were paid 10 grand to do it or whatever. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to take this piece of research that we found that identified that this lengthened position or this, you know, this uh, yeah. isometric contraction works perfectly for the uh, hypertrophy. Now go apply it to bodybuilders that work 20 hours a day and sleep, you know, two kids yes. and, and, you know, have stress of a mortgage and, you know, the gym's a piece Dude, of That's shit. what I mean. And you're going to try and tell yeah. me that the research you found in this abstract is applicable to this person over here because you found the piece of information you want to find. That yes, like it irks me so fucking badly because then people go <laughs> and say, "Well, I'm an you know you're not an evidence based coach because you didn't do it exactly this way and the sets counts and then shut the fuck up." The <laughs> the ability for me, the ability to me of a sign of a good coach is being able to take the the research because it is not going to be generalable to especially in the realm of bodybuilding. There is such nuance and minimal data in in bodybuilding itself. Totally. The most research you understand has to be critically assessed and applied in the best way possible sort of uh, perspective. Take the research, but also take the in the trenches experience and then yes. cross merge what works because eventually you start Agreed. to get some trends. You start to get, as we know, research is always fucking five, 10 years behind. The bros yep. usually get right to some degree, even though they we like to make fun of them. It's like, oh, the, the old bros in the 80s and 90s are doing this. Yeah, probably for a fucking reason. Could they have done it better? Sure. Yes. But, you know, we've got now the research, we've got your experience and we've got their experience. Let's merge in the middle. And there's probably a model in there in the gray area that's actually going to be better for your clients. Doesn't have to be so specifically controlled. They can't even have fun, but also it's not absolute retardation and just absolute junk yes. volume, and ridiculous training. But like, right. it's, it's finding that ability to go, you know, this applies to my population as best it can. And, you know, I can understand that I can apply that. I can break it down and I can use it. But also I have my experience of being in the fucking trenches doing the thing. I know that when I died yep. it down, this sucked. And the research, you know, there's stuff like examples, psychologically, there's examples that we used to use that the size of your plate will impact your satiety and your satisfaction of your meal came out that that probably wasn't quite true. However, the population that was doing that study was not 3% body fat bodybuilders two weeks out from a stage. That's right. I can tell you from me doing that, it fucking helped. So yep. if I know it helped and I've got 20 clients from stage presence that tell me to help them, I'm probably going to use that to help other people because I've been in the fucking yes. trench to be able to tell the difference. Yep. Agreed, man. I mean, I'm, I'm like, uh, sometimes for me, bro science is hard to get rid of. You know what I mean? Like I've been yes. so habited to uh, have my post-workout shake within 30 minutes after I'm done yes. working out. Yeah. But then somebody's like, you know, you don't have to do that. You know, the anabolic window is bigger, right? And I'm like, yeah, but does it really fucking matter? Like, yeah. it's been working yeah. for me for the past, like, 20 years, and I'm totally cool with it. I get it, right? Um, it's like, what, what is also optimal, right? Like, we don't even, like, some of this research is not, it's like, yeah, it's okay to do it this way, but is it the most optimal way? And yeah. like you said, is it the most optimal way for the person that's, like, sitting right in front of you, right? So yeah. um, there's just... I think, like you said, I think the, the the definition of a good coach is not only being able to blend them, but that means you're very adaptable as well. Like yes. you're not just like by the book, you're adaptable to the person that's standing in front of you to best help them, right? Instead yeah. of just saying, well, the book says, it's like, I get you, I get you. But you know what? Like at the end of the day, like you said, sometimes it's not always the right way because yeah. the research is kind of shit most of the time, you know, yeah, but nobody so knows how to read it. It's probably been a while yeah. since someone's updated that fucking textbook that you read it out of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But in saying oh, that, man. so you know, uh, like it's, it's important to me, like you said, you know, to, to be able, especially like, let's say like in the physique industry and in the performance industry, like, you know, the way you go about performance and, and, uh, and PT is it also enables you to connect with your client. It also allows you to be yeah. that difference, that point of difference that, you know, when I have people like, you know, I've been through some shit in my life. There's a million podcasts on it. Anyone that listens to this probably knows it already. But when I have those stories and I've got through to do something more extreme and I've got the result from it, it enables me to connect with my client for when they go through stuff that's hard. And it's not like, you know, 
you have those moments where it's kind of like, oh, you don't really know. You're just saying this because you know, you know what a deficit is and you're telling me to cut my food. You don't know what it's like to be this hungry. Well, actually, I fucking do. For you guys, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, you don't really know what it's like to move with pain. Well, actually, yes. you know, I've worked with this many people and I've done this and I've hurt my back That's and right. I've this. I've had this injury. Being in amongst it and living by it means you can empathize and connect better with your client that's going to build trust and they're going to get a better result because they want to listen to you. Yes. Yes. I always tell that to people, especially my coaching clients. I was like, you got to be relatable. You know, mm -hmm. you have to be relatable to your patients and clients because, you know, if somebody comes in, you're just like, no, I know what you're going through. And they're like, no, you don't. Like you said, it, it kind of like breaks down the trust barrier right away, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but what you can say, Hey, listen, I get it. I've had back pain. I've had sciatica. I know what it feels like. Trust me. It's going to get better. But like you said, at the end of the day, it's like, it's customer service, right? Yep. What we do is we do customer service. Like we yes. just want people to have a good experience. We want people to have good results. And so many people get so caught up on the language and like trying to sound smart or yes. whatever it may be, right? Where it's like, listen, you don't have to prove your intelligence. Just prove that you are willing to help them. Like yes. I've had patients sometimes where I would literally sit down with them for an hour. I wouldn't even do any treatment. They're like, oh my God, I feel so much better because you actually listened to everything I said. You know, yeah. having the ability to sit there and listen is so powerful for some people that even if like you don't even get to anything on the first day, it builds the trust up enough where they could be accountable to you as your provider or trainer um, to be able to kind of go through whatever you got planned for them. And I feel like if you don't build that trust in the beginning, yeah. then like the consistency and the accountability going forward is just not going to be there. You know, yeah. you're not going to get the results that you need. The patient or client's not going to feel better about what they're getting. But like yep. in our industry as physical therapists, especially in, you know, the insurance-based traditional model here in the States, it's like you're lucky to get 15 minutes, maybe 20 of direct one-on-one -on -one conversation with a PT. Other than that, you're working with an aide or like a PTA that takes you through the rest of your treatment protocol, which is like, you have no time to develop any type of rapport with the patient to the fact that, you know, they feel like you can actually help them, you know? Um, and it, I feel like it's, it's a huge, huge miss. And like, it, it also leads to that like disservice to the, to the patient and client that we were talking about. Like, if you're not going to sit there and you're not going to listen to them, then they don't, <laughs> there's, there's no point, you know, it's, yeah. it's wild how many people miss that. They're just so worried about how they sound about like telling them exactly what their diagnosis is. It's like the patients don't give a shit what their diagnosis is. They just want to know <laughs> yeah, how long yeah. it's going to take, yeah, how long is this going to take and how much is it going to cost me? You literally. know what I mean? Like literally that's it, yeah. you know? So it's like, but at the end of the day, like what we do, because we don't take insurance is we're like not building that trust. Like people are paying a premium to see us. So yep. if we don't build that trust and show them that we care, why would they pay for the service? You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like, on one end, it's like, it's customer service. But on the other end, it's like being able to build the trust enough where they can be accountable to themselves and accountable to the treatment protocol so that they can actually get better too. So it's, it, it, it all works together. But if you're missing that one component, none of it works, you know? Which is super ironic uh -huh. because like I said, you know, people see us, you know, I go through my cuts and bulks and I know you're about to, I think um, uh, if I remember your content correctly, like you're just about to reintroduce food as well, which is fucking awesome. Oh yeah. I'm excited for that. I already started, baby. I'm like <laughs> one weekend. I feel like a million dollars. But like, you know, I'm going to go through a softer period where I'm going to get body fat. I know that because I'm starting to push, yeah. you know, my weight is going to get to 115 kilos before I, yeah. before I hit my next cut for my prep again. But then I'm going to come down to say 96, 97, 98 and be peeled. But at the same time, that that's, you know, people think we do it for this vanity metric, this vanity reason. But as you as, as we sort of just alluded to here, high performance coaching and performance coaching is also being able to connect with your clients and have them trust you as that performance director, if you will. I'm directing, yes. guiding, leading, dictating points in time where I take ownership and I take, I tell you what's happening. But I by doing these things that I do and I operate from the front, I'm able to connect with you and I'm able to show you that I understand and I can be in your shoes because I've been there. I know what the first yes. season of prep is like. I know the first show versus the second show. I know what no placing versus placing feels like. I know how to reverse out because I've been in that reverse where it was like, you know, I felt off and I was, you know, 
I had the binge and I had the extra food and I just went to town for a couple of days. Then I had the binge where I was more control. I'm sorry, the, the revert. I know those things because I, a, I do it for me and I live and breathe it, but also I did it and now I can help you. So that almost yes. like that, that, you know, that being in amongst it, as we sort of said, is also enabling you to be a better coach and a better performer and a better performance director. Agreed. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yep. But um, mate, let's move. I want to move into the the cross bridge. I guess you guys have where, um, you know, we've kind of alluded to it, but you know, we've talked about it from our perspective. I guess of performance and how we operate by it. But what do you see is the issue in performance and physical therapy? And I guess what's the gap there that led you to being like this? Is what this needs to exist. Like this needs to be a route of the the PT realm that isn't quite there yet because i get i i see it very similar in australia where that's not the common common place it's not the common practice but obviously for you guys you saw in that vision of looking at the company and looking at the bigger picture which is fucking awesome you saw a gap and went this actually doesn't exist i want to do it yeah and uh i so for me it was um it's it's always been kind of like the vision but in the field of physical therapy, I feel like a lot of the PTs in the States are, they don't know enough about it. And they're, the PTs in the States are very conservative. Like, and I think it really does all depend on who your mentor is when you're out. And if you've got a mentor that is strictly like manual therapy, or you got a mentor that doesn't really do much, you know, progressive exercise, unfortunately that carries over into you, you know? Um, but it's up to you to take, you know, to be self-aware and to take ownership of the fact that it's like, all right, how can I be better and how can I better serve my patients and clients, you know? (laughs) And I think that's like where the availability of all these courses and conferences are coming into play now. And they're really touching on those points. And I feel like some of the, cause we don't get that in school. Like we don't get like. You know, we, we get like basic stuff, right? But we don't get the mechanics of squatting. We don't get the mechanics yeah. of, you know, of, of appropriately loading patients and what those benefits are, right? Yeah. So I think that the, the, the population of PTs in the States, mainly the ones that are in traditional settings, they really just get kind of stuck. And I think I, I'm going to blame the insurance companies as well as blame the providers on these because there is not enough time to be able to provide these type of um, services to patients and clients because you're limited, number one. And a lot of these corporate models are all about getting as many patients in as you can. It's all about the numbers, right? Yeah. And I think that's why you're starting to see that switch of people kind of doing their own thing and kind of going into these performance-based models because they're seeing work. Um, But it just makes sense, right? You're even seeing this in the chiropractic world now too. Like, you're not seeing a lot of chiropractors doing just straight manipulations now or like activator methods. Like a lot of them are actually incorporating Therex now, which is nice. Um, I still think there needs to be a stronger education on that with chiropractors because they don't get it in school either, you know? Um, And again, up to them to go up to these conferences and to these, you know, continue education platforms that can provide them with this type of education because, you know, at the end of the day, like we're just going based off what we do normally, you know, whether it's in a gym or whatever our experience is, which is not enough. It's not enough for most of these PTs. So like, just because, you know, these PTs have these like spectacular degrees doesn't necessarily set them up for this type of, of situation where they can actually, you know, train these patients appropriately and load these patients. So I think that's, that I believe is honestly the missing link. And, and I believe too, that, the field of physical therapy is not just, you're not just treating pain anymore. Like we, yeah. it's, it's a whole health approach, right? Yeah. So if you are just going after shoulder pain and you're not addressing the nutritional aspect of it and you're not addressing, yeah. addressing the training aspect of it and the sleep aspect of it and all this other stuff, then you are not being the best PT that you can be for your patients and clients. I mean, same goes for like trainers too. Like, I mean, that's all within the scope of our practice to be able to make yeah. sure that all of our patients are getting optimal sleep and the nutrition is on point and everything else is on point. Because I've had patients where, you know, there, there could be that like, hey, we got your shoulder pain better, but like there's, there's a mental and there's a physical component here. 
And I feel like a lot of the PTs in our, in our system are missing that mental component because they're just not aware of it. Right. They don't, they don't take ownership to become better at what they do. Um, and we get stuck in this, you know, system where we're just doing the same shit for Sally that's yeah. 26 and for Edith, that's 85. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a fucking problem. Yes. And, and like, it's not like everybody should get the same treatment, just like not everybody should get the same training protocol. Like not everybody should have the same, you know, diet, right? Like it's everybody exactly. responds differently to different things. And I feel like everybody just kind of gets stuck in the system where everybody just gets the same bullshit. And I feel like that, like every now and then you're going to luck out because you just like, you know, got that person that was just the right fit for what you were doing. But other than that, like, you're just like throwing shit at the wall and just hoping it sticks, you know? Yeah. And um, that I'm not okay with. And that's, that's also the message that I'm trying to like throw out there. It's like, listen, be, be a, be a good advocate for yourself and be like, if, if I have a coach and I tell this too, like I have a coach, I have a business coach and I have a training coach. And like Allie for me is, you know, and like, like yourself, you know, trainers that are quote unquote coaches to their clients are not just coaches for nutrition and diet. Like Allie's like a life coach for me. Like she's become more yeah. of a friend. Like it's, yeah. it's, you develop this rapport in this relationship where it's more than just coaching on the training level. It's like life coaching you know yeah. and you be like you know who the dogs are in their family who their kids are who they're like yeah. you know everything about people and eventually they're probably going to know everything about you all depending on how strong that relationship gets right so like that right there not only builds trust as well but also helps to facilitate better results out of your patients and clients so yeah. for me that's like super important and, and going back to the coach thing it's like i have a coach right and there are so many PTs out there that don't have a coach, but you are such an advocate as a physical therapist or say, let's say a trainer that is saying, Hey, you need me to help you. Let me be your coach, but you don't have a coach yourself. Yes. So you in essence are a hypocrite. Like you don't want to make yourself any better by getting a coach, but you're demanding that these people get a coach because they have shoulder pain. You know what I mean? So like that, I also have a problem with. So as I think everybody should have a coach, even coaches, you know, yeah, especially coaches. Especially hundred yeah. percent, like the, the, the ability to have uh, a network that, yeah, you buy into at first for sure. Like, you know, coach it, as we know, coaching is a business. It, it costs money. Yes. So like, what's the price you put on increasing your reach, increasing your education, asking questions, learning more, getting different perspectives. My model has come from my ability to surround myself with different people and mold yes. and mend what they've taught me mixed with what I've gone and studied and sort of said like, you know, what? I don't like that bit. I like this bit. Actually, I add this bit. I can actually get rid of that. But now I've got this model that I know fucking works because here's a multitude of results to prove it. But at the same time, I also know that inside my, like, you know, what I have a coach, like you said, I have a prep coach. I have a coach who like, he's one of my best mates. I do my other podcast with him, but if I'm at the level where I'm putting people on a national stage shredded to the bone and I'm going, Hey, I need a coach. The chances are then that when it comes to me selling you, I go, look, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm the best in the world. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm better than you, but I have the answers to the problems that you have because I've had those same problems. And even I got a coach. Yes. So if, I, if yes. I've solved them, if I've, if I've looked at myself and given myself that due diligence and that respect to going, I want to be better then what right do you have not to say that, not to do that. But flip that, yeah. like you said, flip that as a physical therapist, as a as a trainer, as a coach, as a prep coach, as a powerlifting coach, whatever you want to be, whatever you are. If you're not investing your own upskilling, why the fuck is someone going to invest in you? Yep, agreed. Like my, Thousand percent. One of, my, one of my favorite quotes that I, that I that I that I push is 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 one of my, the best things I ever heard from one of a former psychologist at my university. Um, is that people get this misconception of performance coaching and high performance. And they think it's just like elite athletes, elite actors, elite SAS. Like that's, those are the performers. Those are guys that are performing. And she said it to me in this way that really changed how I viewed coaching. And it was that everyone is a performer in their life and they have to perform something. So if you're not operating at a level where you're trying to perform your best, then why is someone else going to come to you to help you help them perform at their best? Like if yes. you're not treating yourself like a high performer, why is someone going to come and pay you to treat them like a high performer? Yep. Yep. And I think some people take it as a sign of weakness too, where it's like, uh, if I need a coach, that means that, you know, I need help. It's like, yeah, you do need help. And it's yeah, totally you do, fine. You do need like, 
hundred percent. It's not a sign of weakness. You don't need help means you need help. That's what I'm saying. And that's, and that is most, especially physical therapists. Like, no, they think that just because they got the college education, they're good. They got everything they need. It's like, that's not true. You know? And it's funny. Like we want, we want our patients to see the value in what we do, but we can't see the value in coaching for ourselves. Yeah. It's like also hypocritical. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's crazy. The mindset that, that happens over time with these people, you know, and I feel like the ones that really do invest in themselves are the ones that continue to grow. And, and it's um, the ones that don't and can't see the value. They just get stagnant, you know, and it's, it's wild that they, they just can't see the value. And I, I get it, but it's also, I also get the other end where it's like, come on, man, make yourself better. Like, why wouldn't you want to make yourself better? You're, you're preaching that to everybody else. Like you said, I mean, that was a great point. Yeah. And every, every, like to me, to me, university isn't where the buck stops. It's where things just get started. Like thousand percent. You get your degree, college, university, your diploma, whatever it is that you guys refer to it as, whatever you want to, whatever your piece of paper is, that isn't yeah. the end. That isn't the end game where it's like, oh, I'm done. Yes. I'm just on the wall now, motherfucker. That's where that shit gets started. I spend most of my right. the shit the shit I've learned about psychology and what I've studied and the extra curriculums I've done aren't even related to my course of study at university. I've gone and just done it because I'm like, I need to know this shit because. You know, the way I coach, I work with people now, not in three years' time when I finish my degree. So I need to have that shit now. I speak to people at, at like other students, other you know professors, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I, I did my degree, got this, and I went off here and I did this. And it's like, that's right. such a boring, common model that it, it just churns out the same. It's just a, a conveyor belt. You're churning out the same knowledge, the same application, the same textbooks, which is great to have a baseline knowledge you can't diss education but at a certain yes. point you also have to apply critical thinking and go i need to be different so that i can help people that are different as well that's right agreed yep i always tell people college especially for physical therapy is like yeah you get the foundation but they teach you how to just not hurt people <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and then and then you just go out and like like you said that's where it starts man like there is nothing there is not much that i do right now that i actually learned in school i mean that's sad to say <laughs> yeah. Yeah. considering that I paid thousands of dollars for it. Um, but it's, it's one of those things you need. Like I can't be a physical therapist without it. So um, yeah. that's how they trap you. And that's just yeah. how it is. You know, it's a nice, nice little so. pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Man, last, last sort of, uh, last sort of question, uh, I guess on the serious side is give us a rundown. I just saw, you know, well, I've, I've been following for a while, obviously. Um, and we've seen this release of your mentor program. Obviously, I have a feeling that it's inclusive of everything we talked about here that you're trying to change the game with. And really, it's just yes. probably like it's, it's boxing that up and wrapping that in a nice package. But how is your mentorship programming going to help the industry? Yeah, so um, for two, two reasons. I mean, I, so I work with like other, mainly for physical therapists, but I do have a couple mm-hmm. of like, I have one massage therapist, one chiropractor. Um, but basically how it works is, is trying to get the message across that, you know, if you're trying to either start a brand new business or you're trying to grow your business or even trying to transition your business. And this is literally when I say transition, I mean, transition away from insurance because a lot of PTs are, you know, they're very risk adverse, meaning like they, they, they don't want to take the jump. They, they feel safe insurance for them as a safety net. And if anything, I'm trying to convince people that it's the other way around. It's not a safety net because insurance can change their minds. They can change their reimbursement rates anytime they want. Um, yep. they, they restrict you on what you can and can't do, what you get paid for, if you're lucky to get paid and, you know, trying to get people to see the other side and to see the value, like see the value of being able to not have to, you know, feel the restrictions and the guidelines of insurance. So the, my niche is really transitioning PTs that already have an insurance based clinic to yep. not having insurance. Um, but I, most of my clientele are like just starting up new PT businesses that are yeah. in the performance-based model. And a lot of them have been following myself for a while. So they like the model that I have. They love the, the, the way that we integrate both performance training and physical therapy. Um, and so they, they kind of use that as like, that's my form of credibility, you know? And, and that's my big thing nowadays where um, so many people go out there and they, they look for these business coaches that have no form of credibility. Like they say that yeah. they can, you know, I'm going to build you a seven figure business. Motherfucker. Do you know how hard it is to build a seven figure business? 
I don't know of many that have them in our fields. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's probably, it's, it's less than 5%. You know what yeah. I mean? And these people preach it like it's like every other fucking person. And that yeah. drives me insane. Yeah, it drives me insane. So it's like, you know, so just, just all of that, that bullshit that's out there trying to just calm that down. Because a lot of people think that they can just build a business offline, you know, like, unless yeah. you're a remote, like, this is, we're all brick and mortar. Like, it, those are the businesses that I work with. Like, unless you're a remote coach or you do any type of remote training, that's different. But like, you know, in terms of the brick and mortar business, like, so many people miss these certain ways of actually growing your business because we, we're so accustomed to trying to grow our business through social media, which, which can yeah. happen. But in the brick and mortar space, it's not, it's not ideal, right? So it's, um, it, it's kind of getting that message across, but like also like being able to help people as much as I can, because, you know, I, there's so many mentorship programs out there and usually yeah. all of them are group-based and I, yeah. I want to kind of stray away from the group stuff. I like the one-on-one stuff because like you said, it makes everything more personalized. You know, you can be adaptable to what they're doing, where they're at in their business and how they can best grow. You know, so um, it's been a huge passion of mine to the point where like, it's like a new sense of purpose because yeah. my business is at a point where it's very self-sustainable now um, yeah. and we continue to grow and I want to help more people achieve that because the burnout rate for physical therapists is so high and there's so many people that want to make that transition, but don't know how or yeah. don't feel the confidence in order to do it. So I'm hoping that, you know, over time people will start to see it and people will, will, um, gravitate more towards making that move to um, going out of network or starting their own business for that matter. Um, but also being able to feel like they have more sense of purpose and like, you know, wow, I'm actually a physical therapist now and I can treat patients instead of just saying, well, I have to meet this quota and that quota and everything yeah. else. You know what I mean? So um, I feel like I want to get people backed and remind them to why they actually went to school to become what they became, you know? So um, that's pretty much my main drive. Yeah. I'm just, I love it. I don't, it doesn't, I don't need to have a million people. I just enjoy doing it for the people that I have. And, you know, it's, it's just fun for me, you know, there's, and it's there's gratifying. Something, there's something like reinvigorating and motivational, right? As a educator or a coach, when you, you don't need a thousand clients, but say you get those five or 10 that you can see the change in them that when you work, like you can see the drive they have to learn and listen and soak it in. You're just like, I want to fucking work with more of you guys. Like I will take yeah. 10 of you for a thousand people paying me more money instead. But like, thousand percent. you know, they're, they're the ones where you, you go away with a sense of satisfaction. Like when I get a client, yes. very similar premise where it's like, you get those clients that not only do they achieve their result, but they're just like, they're soaking up knowledge. They're asking you questions. They're not challenging, but more so like asking why, how do I do this again? How do I, why did this occur? And it's like, fuck, man, I wish I had more of you. Like you tick the boxes, but you yes. ask questions. And it's like, yes. that's the shit where I see growth most is like, you're willing to learn and listen and implement, but you're also willing to ask and, and sort of uh, uh, critically challenge, I guess, or critically, critically question why something happened. And it's like, yeah, you're the fun one to coach. You're the fun one to work with. Yes. You're the fun one to like to drill into because I know you're going to fucking take it in and you're going to implement it and it's going to work. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I haven't accepted everybody either. You know what I mean? Because like, I only will take the people that are a good fit for me and I know that I can help your business. Otherwise I'll refer you somewhere else. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it, I want to be able to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And like and you said, when a, you can find a, those people. Oh. That's such a fucking powerful thing as a business and a coach, like to be able to, to be able to pick and choose who you want to work with. Like so many people think they have to be the person who can fix everyone, solve everyone's problems be yep. everyone's person it's wrong to have a niche or a preferred client or like you know right uh, i remember cav laughing about it and when he was sort of like if you think that i'm going to be the coach that tells you you had doing the best you can and you've had a bad day it's okay like i'm not the fucking coach for you save your money <laughs> it's like <laughs> yes and, and you yes. read it you read it on everything he does like you know for a fact he's not the guy you're going to if you're like i just want to pat on the back for waking up in the morning nah motherfucker like and i'm yep. the same way like you're not getting that from me where you know, if you're, if you're barking up my tree thinking that I'm going to pat you on the back because you, you know, had a glass of water today. Nah, dog, we're, we're you know, <laughs> diametrically. You should have already been doing you. that already. We already talked about this. Yeah, Literally. <laughs> it's like, that's the bare minimum. So, you know, that, yeah. And that, but it's such a powerful position to be in. It's like, it, it yes. means you get more, more fulfillment out of what you do because you work with your people. That's right. A thousand percent. Agreed. Right. That's the, uh, you know, I think we'll leave the, the, the serious questions there. 
but given that you're an absolute fucking jacked beast and I've got a few questions before we before we go what uh yeah. what is your what is your go to because I've, I've I've been watching I know you've been fucking struggling on the not struggling on the diet you've been digging into the calories and, and sort of uh you know oh yeah lean you've been getting lean what's your what's your favorite free meal refeed cheat meal whatever you want to call it like where do you go and like Ali's like you know what you yeah. got a night off go eat food so I got two options and if I'm going out it'll be sushi and I will just mow down sushi like Such nobody did <laughs> oh man but if it's an at home thing it'll be pizza all day I, I yeah. like pizza's like my kryptonite man you know what I mean? I'm not like a sweets person. I don't eat like donuts. I don't eat um, like cake or pie or anything like that, but I will have like an extra five slices of pizza. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just love it. Love it. What's yeah. what's your go-to pizza? It's like you, you motherfuckers. Oh man. The one thing that annoyed me is that we we're on the East coast, but I didn't get to try some like Chicago deep dish. I didn't get to try like New York pizza. Like there's so many different ways you guys as Americans do yeah. like the same meal. Like what's your, what's your pizza? So if I, if I had to choose, like, so uh, we typically make like a sourdough pizza here, which is fucking bomb, but at my house, but if I'm going out, there's, we're right down the road from um, Hampton beach and they call it beach pizza. So it's basically like, it's kind of like really, really thick pizza, but like extra cheesy. You know what I mean? It's freaking Nuts. phenomenal and it's greasy as hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I've never had like the New York style pizza or anything like that, but like we call it beach pizza over here and it's, it's fucking bomb. Yeah, yeah right. you, I could eat a million of those. Oh yeah, See, we 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 have we have you guys like you guys are like we've got New York slices over here. It's literally the, the brand is called New York Slice, and it's just you, it's like all, all the alcohol areas, like the pubs and clubs, where it's like oh yeah, two o'clock in the morning, you just get a big fuck off New York slice yeah. of pizza. Like that's their market. That's, <laughs> that's their market. The and they yeah. nail it. But uh, oh, but, awesome. yeah, I've had one of those, but I'm like, I really want to try a Chicago deep dish, and just like I just want to, I just want to see what all the hype is about. Oh, uh, dude, they're, I mean, they're all good. You know what I mean? It's all just personal preference. I fucking, I just you know love, I mean? I love, you can't go wrong with it. I love bodybuilders. Cause like the same, like we love the same shit. Like it does like slight <laughs> tweaks or variances, but like I'll talk to fucking Michael yeah. Watson, I'll talk to fucking you. I'll talk to Danny. I'll talk to, you know, my clients, I'll yeah, talk to yeah, yeah. Other people's clients. It's the same fucking food. It's the same shit. We're simple people. We're the creatures uh. of habit. Like people give me shit. Yes. Like I'll I'll go out and eat, and I'll still get the same meals because I fucking love it. But it's like, yes, it's what I know I enjoy. Why the fuck aren't I gonna get it? I know that That's I right. like that burger. I know that I like that pizza. Why the fuck? I, why would I not want to have it? Yep, agreed, man. Like we we are creatures of habit. That's how I live my life forever, and I'm cool nothing with that. Worse, like people are like, how can you eat the same shit every day? I'm like, because I love it. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. I don't get sick of it ever. And there's really and there's nothing worse to me than having like a free meal or a refeed or a cheat meal. And you get something and it's like the calories didn't match up the, like the enjoyment. There's nothing yes. worse where it's like, oh, uh, that was such it a, was waste. Like a waste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, 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 that cookie was a piece of shit or like that pizza was burnt. Oh, it's like it's nothing man. fucking worse. And it's like, oh, fuck. Um, Dude, right, awesome. more of a professional question. What is one direction of education you would send people, whether it be a, a book, an audible book, well, it doesn't have to be about your field, but what is something that you would tell people to read or, or audible take in? Um, it's a good question, actually. Um, there's a lot of good books out there. I would say um, one book that I uh, read not too long ago was called Traction. That book was pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. All business related, more or less, like how to like create systems within your business. Mm -hmm. um, and then like E-Myth is a, is a great book as well. Um, I, I'm a big podcast guy. So yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts um, and I'm a huge, like, I'm a huge, uh, like Bedros Koulian fan. So he's like yeah. super, yeah, he's, he's, he, uh, he speaks the truth, but he also like gives you motivation and purpose to like, you know, have that drive in your business. So like, that's, that's a, that's a big thing for me, you know? And uh, you know, sometimes it's like, you already know what to do, but you just need that sense of drive to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that. For me, I, I do a lot of podcast listening um, oh. versus like audible books. Yeah. That's fair. Last yeah. question. And it's the first time I've tried this because I saw it for someone else. Who is someone <laughs> else that you think I should get on this podcast? And how Ooh. do we do it? Great question. Yeah, uh, I got stuck with it too. I got stuck with it. And I was like, that's a fucking good man, question. Man, that's a really good question. Um, Let's see, in your field or my field, doesn't really matter, right? 
No, it's just someone that, like, you know what? If it's two degrees of separation that we can make happen, fucking who is it that you think would uh, suit that, like, our real talk on here? You know, um, oh, man. I've had Ali, so you can't say Ali. That's a cop-out. I've already had Ali. Yeah, I know you have had Ali. That's true. That is a cop-out. But actually, her um, her photographer, Ed, is um, – actually, no, I know who you could have. You could have um, Shante Cofield. So Shante Cofield is, was one of my business coaches and she's a PT in the space, but she does a lot of like remote programming yep. for um, like uh, building your brand on, on social media. So she was a PT. She, she doesn't really practice anymore, but yeah. um, she, she's been involved in a lot of continuing education. She has her own podcast. It's called the movement. She calls herself the movement maestro and um, she's awesome. She, she, I could, I could hook you up. I could connect you with her for sure. Let's do it. She'd be great for you guys. You guys are both, you guys are both drive really, really well. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. I need to have people that I can just banter with on here. Like I, I've, I've oh. done, I think one podcast where it was just like all serious. I was like, that's fucking terrible. I was like, if I can't, <laughs> if I can't rip shit on here, like I don't want to do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, man. One. I appreciate you so much for jumping on. Uh, I know it's nice and early for you guys. So thank you for giving me your time in the morning. And uh, yes, I look forward absolutely. to all the, the chats and shit talk that we're going to have in between now and we're over the next. <laughs> Me too, Ben. Take it easy, buddy.